Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Welcome back to the second part of my interview with Kelly Bahri. In the first part of the episode, Kelly spoke to me about staying true to yourself and how belonging is two ways, giving and taking. In part two, Kelly discusses her interpretation of culturally responsive teaching and how children will be more engaged in the curriculum if they see themselves in it. She also talks about building empathy and her upcoming book. Please join me for part two of Kelly's interview. Um, mm-hmm. Kelly, you also mentioned, um, and as I read your bio, you talk about being a culturally responsive teacher. We hear and see that mentioned a lot these days, but I'm not sure we understand what it means in, in practical terms in the classroom. So what does that mean to you? What are the kinds of things that you do in your classroom to make sure you're that culturally responsive teacher? I think the number one thing is that children, there's twofold. One, obviously a, a child will learn more. Um, be more engaged in learning, have more passion for learning when they see themselves in the curriculum um, and using materials so that they do see themselves. I think that's number one. Um, And then also the flip side to that too is that being able to expose children to those that don't look like them or aren't like them or having different cultures and and in immersing your classroom in a celebration of, of the world and, and not just learning about it, but celebrating, wow, it is so amazing and so cool to be different from one another. Mm-hmm. It, that is the, the, you, can you believe the world? So opening up those walls to say, wow, this yeah. is, you know, this is pretty cool that we don't have to be all the same. And not every single person on the face of the earth should have equal rights, yes. should have everything should be given to them equally. And, mm-hmm. and then being able to see those differences so that empathy comes in and that we feel like, wow, we have all of this, but others do not. Or four people in the, you know, in the world have more income than, you know, 48 countries. Um, you know, having kids kind of feel and see those things really opens your eyes to say, wow, this world is so much bigger than this classroom. It's so much bigger than our our school. It's so much bigger than where we live. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you have a place here. Yep. You have a place on this earth, but so does everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then learning and celebrating who they are. So just kind of like always having this vision of, um, you know, that we're that basically that we all are here for a reason and honoring everybody's part in this. And then also seeing that 
there's root causes for things of why that's not equal. And mm-hmm. so really helping kids to see the importance of using our voice and, and, and sharing what they're learning so that others can see it too. So really it's just painting this world of like in my classroom and making sure that they see themselves first and that they see others as well. I love that. I love that. And so as part of that, I see you've started using the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, to help your students see the rest of the world. So tell us a little bit about how you got started with that. And what are you doing if you're doing anything with that this year? Uh, great questions because um, I'm going to have to give a shout back out to basically my Twitter family, right? Um, and being a part of seeing things on Twitter and, and asking questions and then knowing that, you know what, there's so many people on Twitter that want to help. I mean, it is just, they really, really want to help. They really yes. want to help others grow. And mm-hmm. so when I didn't even know what SDG, a you know, sustainable development goal of the UN, um, the 17 um, by 2030, and helping and to make sure that the world is just repaired itself. Um, right. It's a huge undertaking. And um, again, my students know that it takes every human being on the planet to make this happen. And they have a part in this. Mm-hmm. Um, their voices, their actions, their changing the way that they see things or think. Um, I think that's really, really big. Um, I started with the SDGs. I had befriended a few, um, Julia Fliss and Donna Gurren, and um, then I connected to the women of SDGs. It's just, you know, the small um chat that I kind of got involved in and then I met Jennifer Williams, uh, Dr. Jennifer Williams. And my first experience really was the goals project of 2019, which was last year's project. And I was just like a newbie. I didn't even really even know where to go, what to do. And it was just like one step after another, just try something. Um, And then I started, and then actually what really kind of like supported the SDGs in my classroom in making this work was reading Lindsay Portnoy's um, Design to Learn book. And her book, along with trying to give kids a a voice, a choice, Mm -hmm. um, designing something and, and trying it out and trying something new and the communications and how the six C's of life basically fell into yes. place learning about her book and having the kids and me sitting back going, okay, get in the back of the room and just say, yes, Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just say yeah, yes. give up, that's give up some of that job. control. Yeah. I let go of like the reins. I put them all in driver's seats and it was messy and it was like, wow, I'm not sure. Okay. Yes. How can I support you? We'd yeah. like to, you know, we'd really like to connect with the school outside of ours. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Um, who do you know? What do we want to do? Um, and then it just kind of snowballed into this beautiful, beautiful project last year. Of um, we had goal eight, um, you know, economic equality, mm-hmm. and 
we, we ended up really, really looking outside of where we live. And one of the most empowering things that they learned was that we exchanged our monthly income. So mm-hmm. they had to call me kind of find out like, hey, mom and dad, what do, we, what do we live off on a month? And, you know, yeah. they came back with their own little kind of like, you know, little number on a piece of scratch paper. Yeah. Okay. So they kind of held it. And then we got on to... Um, was a gap street, which was a learning, it was like connecting to another family that lived on like $12 a month. And they exchanged mm. these roles. So we kind of visually said, you're coming to live in your place and now you get to go live there. So where, what do you do every day for work? And they're like, I think I have a goat. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't have a bathroom anymore. And then they didn't have, you know, how any awesome is that? I kind of started to go, yeah. wow, not everybody's living the same. And so not only, you know, it wasn't to feel sorry. We wanted to change this whole, like, we're not here to feel yes sympathy and you're out to save people. It's to be empathetic mm-hmm. and to know that you can put your feet in their shoes and how now that root cause, how do we, what do we offer to change things? And a mm-hmm. lot of it was just, you know, what we need to let other people know about this. And so mm-hmm. they kind of were just like, they needed others to feel or see these things. And they invited other people into our classroom to experience yeah. it. And then they connected with another school and they made SDG um, bracelets um, mm-hmm. that look like the SDG colors. Oh, um, wonderful. It's so cute. And, you know, we started out with plastic beads and I was like, oh, okay, well, let's talk about that a little bit. And I'm like, that's so bad for the environment. So many teachable moments. Wow. So many. It just kept yeah, snowballing. Yeah. And that's because I literally just sat back and said, let these kids just come up with ideas. So yes, I am involved in that. We are now, uh, we, we were blessed with goal 10 this year which is, you know, the equality of world, world equality. Mm-hmm. And so now we get to like kind of look outside and go, not every country is allowed the same. And we're looking at just technology in itself right now and <clears throat> how, how technology in one country keeps moving them forward at a really fast pace. Yeah. But what happens when another country doesn't have that? Right. They're standing there and they don't have like, how do we, how, what's the root cause and how do you fix those things? Like yes. we're, we're really thinking big and, uh, you know, I think it's just to get kids to think outside themselves. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people will say, you know, how do I get started? You know, even kindergarten teachers will say, is it just for big kids? And I really want to say it's not. It's literally the moment that a child can step outside themselves, Mm -hmm. thinking about just themselves and think about somebody else, then you already have entered into the world of SDGs. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Bake sales or food drives are great for young kids. Mm -hmm. I do want to say when you get to the older kids, I think it's important to know that food drives doesn't fix hunger as a matter of fact we there isn't even a shortage of food around the world we have we have food yeah it's, it's a distribution it's, of the food but they don't know that yeah or or income and how did mm-hmm. they get there in the first place like building yeah. deeper questions as they get older to know yeah, that yeah. something bigger than just 
doing food drives to take care of a small pocket of people. We want to cure hunger. So thinking of bigger questions about the root causes is really important as they get older, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that you look for the root causes with them. And so, you know, what, what really is, is, is causing this and let's look at solving that rather than let's just try to, you know, throw something at it that will solve it and make us feel better. But if we go back to it six months from now, they'll still be in the same place they were when we originally studied about them. Exactly. We talk a lot about band-aids versus solutions. And are we are we creating a band-aid for something or are we creating solutions? And I like that. So yeah. I love on um, the work also of Zoe Wheel. And I goodness, I hope I didn't say her last name incorrectly. Um and um creating solutionaries. And I just absolutely yes. Yes. love. Like we are creating solutionaries and and I do call them solutionaries in my mm-hmm. classroom. Yeah. Nice. You're, you're here to find deep solutions to these problems. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we might be at an age where we can't necessarily do all of those things, but right. using our voice and even bringing awareness can be a solution to yeah a, a part of the solution. So yeah, though, anyway, so I'm very, very passionate about all of those things and project-based learning and helping kids see themselves outside their, their selves and outside their own, you know, even small little pocket, you know. Yeah, and, and what you're doing also at this point is you're planting a seed for them to be able to continue thinking about this for later on. So you're not looking at it, well, that's a little too big for this age or this stage. No, it's okay that we can only get to this point now, but if it sparked a sort of a, if it lit a spark, then obviously they'll be looking for solutions and they'll be aware of the fact that there, there are needs for those solutions. That's wonderful. And Kelly, I think yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that it also just helps kids in their day to day life to see the inequalities that are around yes. them on every level. You know, even yes. on their outside mm-hmm. you know, life, they can. Mm-hmm. When you when you see outside yourself, and it becomes a habit to look outside yourself, and then you start to realize, wow, that just isn't fair. You know, not. And I always tell my kids, I want you to always be proud of who you are. I want you to be proud of the things that you have. I want you to be proud of how hard your parents work. Mm-hmm. I want you to just love, adore, and be proud of who you are. But also knowing that we may be in a position to be the helpers, to be the solutionaries, to be... Yeah to be the voice now because we are given these things mm-hmm. we have to use those things and and it's not just writing checks to people it's about thinking about changing systems you know we have a huge sign in my classroom that says change the rules because until rules are changed we can't make a difference so can't, it's just band-aids then until we right. can be really really changing rules what rules are not working anymore and how do we change the rules to make them so we have a giant sign that says change the rules (laughs) I love that I love that yeah that's that's really incredible 
Kelly, I wanted to ask you about your upcoming book because I guess it's going to be out in March. It is. Yes. 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 A huge so shout tell me out about to, it. What's the title yeah. of it? And what's the premise of it? Tell me as much as you can about it. I, Bill, yes. Okay. Well, the, the title um, goes back and forth all the time. So it's probably going to be the very, very last thing that I settle on. Okay. Um, I do know that it's a little school in the woods. Um, I'm a huge naturist. I love being outside. I love, um, I'm, you know, born and raised here in Michigan. I'm from Northern Michigan, which is very woodsy lakes, yeah. uh, streams, uh, a lot beautiful. of outdoor. Yeah. So, so beautiful. Oh, and it's just beautiful, beautiful place. And um, I, it's a book created to help kids know that they are perfect. Basically, you're perfect. Um, the first book, though, is based on my son. Um, his name is Landon, and he has uh, ADD, ADHD. Mm -hmm. And um, the this teacher in the book, Miss Hawk, is actually based on a teacher that he had when he was in the third grade also, and how she really, really helped him understand how perfect he was and that he might not just he wasn't made for the classroom seat and that was okay and that he had superpowers and then I kind of like as I have become a teacher and I want my students to understand the same values about themselves and yeah. that kids with ADD ADHD really truly aren't seen the the way that they need to be seen yeah, it's unfortunate. They, it's so sad. It's so, it's so just unfortunate that that happens mm -hmm. to these children. And if we as educators can see them differently, if we mm -hmm. could see them as human beings that were created for something so much bigger than our classroom, so much bigger than their classroom seat. And that yeah. our job is to empower them to use their superhero gifts. And nice. so Landon finds his superpower gifts within this classroom and um, he starts to see himself differently. Mm -hmm. And that his, too often kids with ADHD are really, really one of the most detrimental things that happen to them is that they lose their self-esteem, that they yeah. lose their self-worth and that they feel broken. Yeah. And so the book is really to paint the picture on how incredibly talented, wonderful, and just amazing yeah. children with ADHD that they, they honestly, I believe, I mean, will be the world changers. They're the mm. solutionaries. They're the ones with the big ideas that we need. Um, yes. Do they need strategies to be successful? We all do. No, so yeah, we all need strategies. I need them. Um, so along the way, he also is very reflective on the strategies that he needs to help support him so he can be successful. I love that. Yeah, and it's a, you know, it's a book about, it's in the woods and it, I chose animals so that, that all kids could connect to themselves um, a little more easily to the book. If it's you right. know, a boy character, then only boys would see themselves. Mm -hmm. And if it were a girl, the same thing. So I chose uh, woods animals and um, oh, how fun. I can't wait to see yeah. it. Yeah. I'm really excited. The next book I started to write, um, it's the bully in the, the classroom and mm -hmm. his backstory. 
it's his story about oh, why wow. he is and having Miss Hawks again will support him and help him see things a little differently as well. So yeah. it's really empowering kids who they are. And, and also really, honestly, I think more importantly, I'm hoping teachers read it so that they can change some of the practices maybe mm-hmm. and that they can see kids so much differently than what we yeah. are right now. You know, the last thing a child with ADHD needs is to be kept from recess. And I hear it all the time. Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Why why are you keeping them from recess? It's just one thing that will actually help. Yes. So now stop punishing kids that, you know, weren't made for the seat and then start empowering them and finding ways to support them. Look look past those behaviors or look into those behaviors, not even past the behaviors, but look into the behaviors. Why is that happening? I I have students who were... Yeah, who are not diagnosed ADD or ADHD, but I knew very well that every 15 minutes or half an hour, if they didn't get a chance to just go out the hallway and go around the window, you know, sort of vestibule or whatever in the school, and then come back within just a couple of minutes, I was losing them. That was that was it. Or if they were fidgeting inside their desk. But I'd ask them a question. They knew very well what the answer was. So I stopped saying, stop fidgeting inside your desk, right? Because yeah, I actually that's hand what they fidgets. needed to do. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It's like, do you need this? I have a whole bucket full of fidgets. Like, you, do you need that? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. need to play with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it really just, you know, it goes back to, as an educator, trying to find the root cause. Mm-hmm. Like, finding the reason behind these things, you know, they always say like 80% of low academics really actually has to do with what well, 80% of behaviors happens to be because they have low academic abilities. And so again, it's don't a vicious cycle. find yeah. the reason what's behind those behaviors so that they can feel better about themselves. So right. yeah, yeah. It, I, I'm really excited. I, you know, it's one of those things that I just, um, I never thought would happen as far as being an author or writing a book. I, I really, truly did not know that that was going to happen. I do mm-hmm. want to give a shout out to Brian Aspinall, um, Code Breakers. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and just the fact that, you know, he you know, reached out and said, you know, what do you think? Do, would you want to write a book? And it was like the first time I was like, what? Sure. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I've got a book in my hand right now. And um, so you know, his belief in me would, just really, really just, yeah. I, I, he does it for so many people though. He really is just a real cool Yeah, guy. there are pe- people in this world, educators in this world who know when to tap others on the shoulder. They see those, those strengths. They see those gifts, just like we do for our students. We have others, you know, colleagues and others who, and that's so wonderful. Yeah. Brian and Alice are really, really amazing. Um, Yes. So yeah, I've just, I've known about them for a while, but I've just sort of uh, started looking at the whole uh, code breaker community and it's, it's quite a, quite an amazing group. So. Yes. And it's just funny how he just, you know, like you said, he taps people on the shoulders. He really is just about amplifying others Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. He really has a huge, huge, um, selfless heart when Mm -hmm. it comes to supporting other people 
Yeah. Uh, he's just really, really a cool guy. So yeah. I'm really lucky that I, you know, met him again on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Yeah. Um, so Kelly, we're kind of coming down to the end, which I'm really sad about. But is there anything else uh, that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to talk about or any other advice? You've given an awful lot of advice already but to our listeners. But is there anything else that you wanted to share before we finish up? Gosh, that's the, you know, I, I think I probably have covered it all. I do. I, I would love to say to all educators out there right now, um, I know that you keep hearing this again and again about self-care. I know mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Um, but I really hope that you're taking time to take care of your mental health during this time when you can't take care of others until you really, really are taking care of yourself too. You can't, you can't operate on an empty cup. And so finding anything that might fill that cup up, I'm always available on Twitter. If you all, anybody can DM or whatever, I'm here to support and um, help. Um, and, and I'm very grateful for those that I, you know, reach out to to fill my cup. So I'm very lucky about that too. We are in this together and take care of yourself. Great advice. Very important advice, especially right now, but always. Teachers, educators tend to leave themselves last and, um, and they end up getting burned out or just, you know, their mental health suffers. So that's, that's wonderful advice. Kelly, what's, what are the best places to find you? I know you've mentioned uh, social media, but just so people, I'll, I'll definitely put it in the show notes, but just in case anybody's listening right now wants to pop off and find you right away, where do they go to? Oh, perfect. Well, honestly, for Twitter would be the number one place. So I'm at K-B-A-H-R-I-5. Um, I am also on Instagram as, as well. And um, that actually is a little different. It's K-B-A-H-R-I-6 because it's a a bit more for my family. You may see family pictures and photos. Um, Twitter is really just about my teaching, um, my passions. And uh, Instagram is six because there's six in my family. Uh, Yeah, four children and my husband and I. So that's number six for my family, but five because um, it's fifth grade. So there you go. I love the fact that you chose it for its significance. Kelly, again, thank you so much. I have so much to take away from this conversation, and I'm sure our listeners will also. It's been my pleasure, and I'm so delighted that you made time to be on my podcast today. Oh, thank you so much, Eileen. You have no idea what an honor it was to be here and to chat. And I had so many questions I wanted to ask about you too. So I'm hoping we can continue the conversation later. Absolutely. That would be wonderful from my side. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.